Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, we're we're discussing discussing The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Yes. Yeah, so I I think the more I read this and the more I got into it, um, the more excited I've become to talk to you about it. And I also feel like talking about it now is going to be part of the process of having done it as well. Mm. So I think for context, like Mm. you've probably been aware that like I've gone through spells of like minimalism and clearing out my stuff to sort of the bare bones uh, over the last few years. And then um, we were discussing what books and to to read as a podcast recently and you were saying like oh well i'm i'm moving house so like it'd be really good to do something on like minimalism and mm. uh we scouted around a bit and pulled this one out i'm really glad we did yeah. and have you um have you heard of her before you know the last few weeks before we decided or yeah very briefly i uh, i don't know how it must have just come up on the youtube feed or something like that but like I hadn't read a book or seen a show or anything, but I came across a YouTube video on, on how to, how to fold your underpants in socks, <laughs> just a five minute thing. And like, I loved it. Uh, I got them all in like neat rows. Like they, they weren't piled on top of each other. You could see each one neatly lined up and uh, I folded my, my underpants and the socks that way ever since. So yeah, yeah nice. I had a very brief contact with Marie's condo's work few years ago so her name sort of stuck in my head but um yeah this, this has been a whole new level of depth to seeing what she's all about yeah and i think um it's interesting how like she's become a she's become a verb like people say i went full marie condo like, <laughs> you know, i've marie condoed my house or marie condoed my room and, you know you've oh, made it when you've become a verb <laughs> yeah oh you, you should have seen me today though mate like it was a uh, I finished reading the book um, yeah. last night and I was watching an episode of um, her show Tidying Up on Netflix. Um, <laughs> at, and then like the moment it finished, I was like, right, we've just gone into lockdown. I've mm. got like two whole days off. I'm mm. like, time to go full condo. So I, just, like, <laughs> I just like went upstairs and just like took my notes before this, the, that I'd done yeah. during the reading and just like, just got stuck in. Um, Carry on. So, interested so, so what did you do? Me. Ah, oh, I feel like I want to get to that in a bit, but all I feel right. like we should give it a bit of an introduction about the book. All right. If that's all right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, I suppose my understanding of it is that, you know, she's like a tidying up expert and she's been interested in this her whole life. And mm. she's just had like a weird fascination with, you know, orderliness and mm. kind of keeping spaces tidy. And I guess what's, what's different about her is she kind of takes it to a slightly deeper level than it's sort of... Uh, it can be a cleansing process. It can be a mm. way of like organizing your life, organizing your mind. And yeah. um, the, the process in which you do it is quite a, um, I guess you would say a spiritual one in terms of, yeah. you know, you're kind of, um, you're looking to kind of uh, draw in certain energies, get rid of other energies and kind of creating your, your space, your, your environment, your home as like yeah. a sanctuary, as a place that's free from, um, you know, worry and full of things that bring you joy and it's yeah. um i guess it's uh it's more than just to like how to tidy up it's uh, a kind of uh the spirit in which to do it yeah 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 and it's well. so, so although yeah completely um 
agree with that that it's not just about putting stuff in places that makes it look neat like a hotel room and then trying to keep it that way it's much more about how it feels like your as as you say spirituality your kind of um the psychological cleansing it does but but it's it's not all woo either like some of it it's like really resonates Mm. and makes sense on a psychological level like um she says things like there's some an advantage of having a real cluttered house is you've always got that stuff to feel like you should be doing and that some people would once they've got their house in order would then still feel anxious and then have to really address those issues and they they could yes, kind of no yes. longer be sort of projected onto like the mess they're in and it's mm. like some people would make uh it have a unconscious incentive to maintain mess so they don't have to address their own issues and so mm. so it's not just all there is some woo in there she's she's into like shinto and um you know making shrines and and stuff that was a bit like out there but like some of it was really as well yeah like, japanese women and women should be thin and in <laughs> charge of the house and stuff. <laughs> so yeah it's definitely uh yeah the sort of conservative spiritual japanese comes right through and it's, it's great i love it but like it's yeah. uh, for it's not uh it's not like there's putting your house in order plus woo it's like there's putting your house in order and there really is like i really feel this connection that your mm. possessions you you have chosen them they are an extension of you and to that you know if someone were to um take or destroy one of your possessions you would feel a certain way about it because it's yours right we have we yes. do have these psychological connections to our stuff and and so tidying is a very um uh, I want to say therapeutic, but p- potentially traumatic process. Like it's a psychological mm. process. It's not just a physical process. And I think that really shines through. Yeah. And, you know, she talks a lot about, you know, it's not as so much about necessarily like what to keep. It's about what to let go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she does kind of say like the whole process is like, it starts with discarding and then kind of choosing where to put things and how to yeah. store them. So yeah. certainly um, having gone through, the process today, I can really um, relate to that journey. Like I went through a whole roller coaster of emotions today. Really, really mm. interesting. I, I I wasn't actually planning on doing it before this podcast, but I just mm. went and uh, went and just spent like six hours and I've, I've <laughs> like eight bin bags of clothes and like eight bags of rubbish and stuff. I'm just chucking in the bin, and like my room is just like it's so different it's so different i've gone yeah, through, yeah. i've been reading letters i've been oh uh, yeah i'm looking at like birthday cards i've been going through like sentimental items and yeah. gifts and uh, my electronics like the whole you know top top to bottom that she gives you like a guide yeah. to go through and i, I guess i followed that all of today yeah yeah so the for me like the the psychological and uh like therapeutic healthy um benefits of tidying was was what really stood out for me but maybe we should like go through the mechanics of it of her method just yeah. to sort of put a pin like get that out there so as you say yeah. that there are two aspects of tidying up getting rid of stuff and choosing where to put the stuff you, you do keep <laughs> yeah yeah um and then she she recommends doing it in a particular order based on i i guess what's uh she wants to make sure you do it all as fast as possible so you actually get that like 
you actually see the effects and feel the mm. connection with it. She sort of um, in one go as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it, and she does like I did see that she hinted at that for someone one go might mean six months, but like it's yeah. one project that you're you're doing. And some yeah, for some people one go might mean five hours, but um, she's she doesn't like this idea of, well, just try and get rid of one thing a day. It's like, no, start with the things you can make the most headway with first and work mm. your way down to the hardest. So she starts get with like, good at it, yeah. yeah, starts with the clothes and then books and then komono, which is some Japanese word, which means like miscellaneous stuff, uh, like <laughs> CDs, DVDs, electricals, things like that. And, um, you know, sort of finishes on the sentimental stuff, the stuff that's going to be hardest to deal with. I think papers was after books, right? That's after books. Yeah. 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 Um, and she, you know, she says it's like, it's a special event. This isn't like a, a chore and it's something like the, once you've done it once it like tidying, it's just a matter of just putting things back where they belong. Mm. Once everything you own has a home, it's not like you do a, it's not like you tidy every day. It's just, you generally put the things in their home and, yeah, and she, she says, like, she doesn't have any relapses with her clients she works with. Mm. Like, they don't. Um, like Revert Back to clutter. <laughs> like, none of my clients have ever relapsed. I'm like, wow. That's a bold call. I wonder what the evidence is on that. But uh, mm. it's certainly, I think that's what she's talking about. And she's saying it's, you know, like making that dramatic change, like your mindset and your attitude towards everything. And it can bring about, like, a greater awareness if you kind of see in a massive pile Mm. what your stuff is mm. and then kind of afterwards seeing like what you're left with knowing that everything that surrounds you is something that brings you joy mm. that has um you know it ha- has meaning in your life and is is purposeful and not kind of a like a someday maybe sort of thing it's like this mm. is what i've chosen to be around me and this is what i need in my environment yeah. Yeah, surrounding yourself with the things you love. And she's like, that's the lifestyle we want to aim for. Why would we surround ourselves with stuff that we don't really like or that's falling apart? Or, Well, yeah, she says, like, per- perfection is the aim. Like she yeah. said, you know, like, the, the aim is to kind of just make um, it just absolutely clear that everything in your environment is what you want to be there. Yeah, and she kind of builds on that, doesn't she? That's like, although that sounds um, intense, like, to aim for perfection but she's like, your, your possessions can be quantified. Like you have a particular number of possessions, uh, you know, it, it might be 1,326, but whatever it is, those are the amount of things you have. And each of them can have a home. If you just go through them and then decide which ones bring you joy, spark joy in you, which ones don't discard the ones that don't and give each one that does a home. And like, this might be something you do once in your life and then perhaps just redo once a year or something but like um yeah but reading that you should aim for perfection was quite intimidating i think it's like oh or not intimidating but like puts me off a bit initially but I, when she sort of explained mm. it i sort of see where she was coming from it's like yeah, yeah why not the- why not aim for the way you want things to be i am um- I really like her, like her attitude she brought to it as well. It was like really kind of, um, it was quite like loving and it's mm. kind of, it, there was definitely some, um, I mean, early on just to draw some parallels to other books we've done, you know, there's, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson, like get your house in order. You know, he mm. talks a lot about, you know, tidy your room first before you kind of go and enter mm. into the world and yeah. 
do your thing. And then obviously like James Clear in the Atomic Habits, um, stuff around like cr- creating your identity kind of helps you carry yourself yeah. in different situations, you know, that's work on creating an identity. Um, and that kind of starts with the things you own and what's around you and the environment you, you know, you spend your yeah. time in. And then um, I guess getting things done would kind of have some parallels as well. The David Allen book. Oh uh, yeah, no. For for me, that was yeah. like that was a big standout. I was saying to my uh, girlfriend that they just complement each other so well. Like there wasn't much stuff I've really. Uh, I'd like to go through 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 more of the process of Marie Kondo stuff. I, I just started yeah. with the clothes section, and I haven't been through the rest of it yet. And um, but I can kind of tell I won't be getting rid of too much because I did it all in the getting things done process. Yeah. But yeah. it was a different attitude. Like he, he, uh, he didn't really mind you keeping a lot of stuff so long as it was organized, strategized, it was functional and methodical. And it was a very rigorously logical process where yes. she, she brings in this like, uh, it's not just logic. It's like your heart. It's like, it brings in, how do you actually feel with this possession? Like, does it spark joy in you? Or is it just some guilty sentimental attachment to the past or some guilty idea that, well, I might use it one day and I don't want to get rid of it. Like well, that's what she so, says. Says like the reason we don't throw things away is because we're either like, we're, um, we're like scared to let go of the past or we're fearful of the future. Yeah. It's and very like, existential. It, it is. Yeah. And you know, back to what you said, like, there's three values she says that you carry. Like when you're looking at your items, one of them is like their function. Mm-hmm. The other one is like they provide information. And the third one is like emotional attachment. So it mm-hmm. sounds to me like David Allen book, he was looking more at like function and information, mm-hmm. whereas she's looking more at like the emotional attachment you have to items mm-hmm. and spinning off from that. Like what, what is stopping you from letting them go? Is it, that yeah you've kind of you're 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 worried to let your leave your past behind yeah or you're you're scared that you need this thing in the future yeah and to actually to look at your you know 300 books or whatever and get rid of most of them that to to do that would it takes a certain like i i haven't read this and i'm going to commit not to read it and um, implied in that is like i only have so many days on this planet and realistically this is one of the things i'm choosing i'm sort of committing not to do this isn't gonna you know it's not necessarily like if you if it really came to it and you're like oh i wish i had that book you just buy it back right but like yeah yeah. but in the process the emotional process of it is like you're implying that you know you're mortal and that you're going to die and that some of this stuff you're just never going to get round to and that's okay. And I think that's a really hard thing for some mm. people to like let go of. But I found it so freeing to do that. It's sort of, I don't know, it lifts my spirits to, although it can be hard to sort of commit to that, you know, I bought this book, it costs this amount of money. It feels like a waste of money that I haven't read it and I'm now going to get rid of it. But like, uh, she has ways of going around that, you know, like saying well, it sparked joy in you at the time you bought it. The intent was there and it served its function of now, you know, you're not going to read it and that's okay. <laughs> like and that's you okay. Can, yeah. can go on and enjoy the rest of its life somewhere else. And Yeah. Um, and that goes to other items as well. And I think the bit I like about it in particular was, um, yeah, kind of a bit more related to like your identity as a person, you know, kind of mm. by deciding what you want in your life, it tells you like who you are and what mm. you want to do. Like, and I, I guess I've found that out this afternoon, kind of going through things like what what is important to me, 
is like X, Y, Z. And what isn't important to me anymore is this, like I can let go of this. This is like attached to like a, an old version of me. Mm. That I'm, I'm, I'm no longer that person. I'm no longer, um, I don't need that item anymore because yeah. I, I've moved on and my life's changed. And here's the things I do need. And I do value mm. for the person I want to be right now. And it's, um, mm. it's, uh, I was surprised at the level of um, depth she uh, was able to kind of, um, yeah, fire up in me. And I'm not, I think certainly by the last chapter, she's really kind of. The last chapter is great, isn't it? I made some notes and like, (laughs) I've got like six pages of notes and three of them are on on the last chapter. Yeah. That's amazing. I wonder whether you're right. If I just read out the um, the text you sent me earlier of like your favorite quote, I feel like it could just give us a good. Sure. Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, I, I really liked that. And it was, it was a quote that I liked as well. I just feel like it's kind of a, yeah, could be a good starter. So by handling each sentimental item and deciding what to discard, you process your past. If you just stow these things away in a drawer or cardboard box, before you realise it, your past will become a weight that holds you back and keeps you from living in the here and now. To put your things in order means to put your past in order too. It's like resetting your life and setting your setting your accounts so that you can take the next step forward. Mm. I feel like that sums up what we're talking about. But um, yeah. Yeah, when you text that through to me this morning, I was like, yes, that was exactly the bit I liked as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quite, yeah. 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 I, I like that. Yeah. That quote was like mixed in with a, a lot of stories of people who like once they'd gone through her process had then gone on to do like the course they were sort of putting off or to change their career or to even leave their husband or whatever it was like these stories of like, yeah, once you've put your house in order, it's like the rest of your life's there waiting for you. And it's like, Oh, I, I, I should crack on with this stuff now, but you can always yeah. kind of put that stuff off if you're living in disorder. And it, it gives you room to like, to breathe almost. I feel like even just looking at like my cupboards now, I'm just like there's space, there's room, like, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. There's not as much just clutter around Mm. just clear on what I do and don't want. And yeah, certainly like the wide reaching impacts of that. And certainly the stuff about like throwing stuff away from your Mm. past, like that's a, that's a huge process for some people to go through. And I think she's, uh, she's kind of giving you confidence. You know, she says like, like you, you won't regret it. We'll be okay. Like we'll Mm. move on. And it helps like it helps restore balance and we can like celebrate the process as opposed yeah. to kind of constantly holding on to things. And, um, yeah. Well, in yeah. that process, you know, it's like you said, you're, you're reading letters, you're going through stuff, you, you have to actually process it to decide if you want it or not. And mm. whereas if you just leave it in a box, you could just go on forever until you die, never having processed it and actually never having looked at the things you kept for sentimental value in the first Mm. place. Mm. So to actually really process an item and be like, okay, that was a part of my life. I get it. I was that person and it served its function and this love letter can now go. That's like, uh, yeah, it's hard to put into words, but it's something very, I think, powerfully therapeutic about that. I think it puts your mind in order as well as putting your house in order. You know, she says we can like treasure the person we've become because of these past experiences and these past Mm. items. Like we can look at them knowing that that's made us into who we are today, but we don't need them to be there for us to be in the present. Like Mm. there's part in the book she talks about, you know, like we, we live in the present. We can't be like the items that surround us kind of prevent us from doing that. If we're Mm. constantly like dragged back to the past or, um, as we've said, like worrying about what's, what's in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I just wanted to finish a thought mm. that I brought up earlier. So with the David Allen stuff, I, I, I was mentioning this to my um, partner and she was like, oh, it sounds like you're talking about like the masculine and the feminine of organizing your life. I was like, yes, that's exactly how it feels. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the mum and the dad of how to keep your house in order and how to, <laughs> how to like live in order. Yeah. I really, mm -hmm. she, she brings in like the heart and the spirit and he brings in like the function and the methodology and the, yeah. uh, the logic. I think, um, I, I think it's definitely, interesting to think about like the function that things serve around you like mm. i was looking at some chords today and i'm like do i i don't know like is that actually useful to me or am i ever going to use that or am i just keeping mm. that because i think one day i might need it i had all these like <laughs> different plug adapters in case i go to like america again or like yeah, yeah. i'm just like let's get rid of them yeah. like just go like we just don't have to hold on to it i think um i don't know if me and you are but well, i think we are like relatively similar in that we're kind of living in um like rental properties, um, maybe not so recently for you, but like typically like we, we've lived in like rental properties for like short periods of time mm -hmm. between maybe one to two years, something like that. And yeah. we, we probably don't carry, we don't have as much stuff as people who've like lived in homes for I think multiple years and then so it's, mm. it's made the process. I know it's not so much about like the amount of stuff you've got. She says, you know, it's mm. not about that, but I think, it certainly made the fact I could kind of do, I'd say like 90% of the Conmary method, like by dinner time. And I started before yeah. lunch. Like I know, but whereas on the TV program, they're like day 23. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, bloody hell. Like yeah. you know, it's for 23 days. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, you, you touch on something that's really resonates. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I grew up in a very like disordered household with so much stuff, and then um, leaving that to say go to uni, and then like you say, I'm going from like rental to rental, like year on year, or maybe going traveling, and it's like each time you move, you recognize what you haven't used and what you don't need, and like mm. constantly going through that process. I think is what sparked this I like, this desire to get rid of stuff um back then originally were it's like well life would just be easier if I lived with less stuff and, it, and each time I come back from um a tra a traveling somewhere or um I don't know I might go back to my family home and there's just a bunch of stuff there which I obviously haven't used for like a year it's like well I, I clearly don't use this so I may as well get rid of it and then there was something so it started for me as a functional process and then it yeah, there's you get this sense of lightness and joy from it that um, that makes it more than just about what stuff you have. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, for me as well, I think I've just gone through the close part of of her book, and I will I will go through the rest of it. But I I could knock it out in a day, I imagine, compared mm. to. God, yeah. <laughs> if I imagine my family doing this, which I, I would love for them to do, but yeah, the thousands and thousands of books and CDs and sheds worth of stuff, it, it would take a good year. <laughs> well, it makes me um, think as well, like, to, you know, just bring your parents into it. Like there'd be some, some of those things that might clear that would have like a lot of value, like monetary value. And I think that would be a whole different project if you knew like, like I'm like going to donate my clothes because yeah. none of them are kind of in the position where I can be like, Oh, if I sell them individually, 
on Facebook Marketplace, I could yeah. make like 200 bucks off that jacket or those yeah. shoes. Like, it's kind of like the max I spent on any item there probably isn't worth the effort of kind of selling it. Yeah. But then I wonder whether this takes like a whole different realm if like the stuff you're getting rid of has like monetary value. And I suppose you just got to put it somewhere until you sell it. Yeah. It's interesting. She didn't yeah. go into that because it was something that I struggled with as well. You know, feeling, you know, that thrifty attitude of, uh, do I really just throw this or give this away where I could probably make some money back on it. And it's like, but like you say, like you say in the, I, I have found for me that with the stuff I've had in the process of whatever, sticking it on eBay and then having to go to the, shop to post it or it's just not really worth the money you get from it and i, I would have just been better off and i've learned that now just give it to charity you feel better it just goes and it's done yeah i like i do like how she doesn't go into the whole kind of like what to do with it once you've bagged it up i kind of i like it sort of she kind of sticks to the the method and the the yeah, process it, it makes more like, yeah rather than being like oh and you can it's like almost a whole different book, like what to do with the stuff you've boxed up and put at yeah. the front door. I think I'm not, I'm not interested in that part right now. Yeah, I? no, I hear yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. think it did the way she used the word like garbage a lot often came across as like, is she just sticking the stuff in the <laughs> bin? Like, is this going on landfill? <laughs> so I, I think there was a part of me that wanted just for her to say, you know, and I recycle everything possible and I give it to charity. Just to hear it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea that's like, yeah, I'm, you know, just dump all the millions of bags of rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, she's boasting about the amount of bags that are being made. It's like, is this all just getting burnt? Like on a tip. <laughs> uh, she does imply later when she talks about like the life journey of possessions, she sort of implies that they get given to charity and doesn't, doesn't she by the fact that they'll get yeah. used by someone else. But um, no, I appreciate what you're saying that it would have made for a longer book. Had she gone into all the ways to get rid of your stuff. Yeah. And I think, um, she does talk a bit in the book about, you know, when you're giving items to other people yeah, as well, saying like, don't give it to people just to like, oh, think I love they that might like, like make, make, make sure you like giving it to them because they'll get some joy from it. So I've got like mm. a box of books upstairs mm-hmm. and some of them are quite hard to get rid of, but um, I've sort of created, she, when she talks about books, she talks about, um, yeah, creating like a hall of fame, which always makes me think of like, I don't know if you've intentionally done this, but like this Bible you're creating, of like <laughs> yeah. your your favorite books. So I've got like these books in a section of my thing, which like my favorite go-to books, like I feel like cover the main mm. areas, like the classic hits of the self-help psychology world. <laughs> but like, I've got this box of books that I'm yeah. like, I'm going to you know kind of message a few friends and be like, hey, I've got these really good books. I've got a like, lot of value from them. If you'd like to read them and then pass them on to someone else, like please do, because I feel like some of them are like, I've gotten too much value from them just to give them to a charity shop. Mm. Like, and like to get, to give them to someone I don't know, like there's people I know who I would really think would Mm. benefit from these. Although like strangers could as well, maybe that's a bit more like altruistic, but like, but you'd love to see the effect of, of someone getting value from it. Yeah. Yeah, not not like a Donigan's charity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I see that. Yeah, no, yeah. this. Um, I, I loved that bit. Can uh, can I read it? Like, it, it really. I found it. it really funny. Um, Go for it. It's it's you know it's a few paragraphs, but uh, what I'll do, I'll share my screen so um, it's easier to follow along. Um, you see that? 
Yeah, there we go. One of my clients, M, not only loved buying clothes, but she also saved those that had sentimental value, such as school uniforms and T-shirts made for various events. She stored these in boxes and stacked them on the floor until the floorboards were completely obscured from view. By the end of the day, she had 15 bags to get rid of, including eight bags of clothes, 200 books, various stuffed toys and crafts she had made at school. We had stacked everything neatly beside the, uh, the door on the floor, which was now finally visible. And I was just about to explain a very important point. There's one secret you should know about getting rid of this garbage, I began, when the door opened and in came her mother bearing a tray of iced tea. Oh dear, I thought. Her mother set down the tray on the table. Thank you so much for helping my daughter, she said, and turned to leave. At that moment, her eyes fell on the pile of garbage by the door. Oh my, are you going to throw that away? She said, pointing at a, <laughs> pointing at a pink yoga mat on top of the pile. I haven't used it in two years. Really? Well, maybe I should use it then. She began rummaging through the bags. Oh, and maybe this too. <laughs> when she left, she took not only the yoga mat, but also three skirts, two blouses, two jackets and some stationery. When the room was quiet again, I sipped my iced tea and asked, um, so how often does your mother do yoga? <laughs> I've never seen her do any. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I had been about to say before her mother came in was this. Don't let your family see what's here. If at all possible, take the bags out yourself. There's no need to let your family know the details of what you throw out or donate. I especially recommend this, that to my clients, that my clients avoid showing their parents. It's not that there is anything to be ashamed of. However, it's extremely stressful for parents to see what their children discard. The sheer volume of the pile can make parents anxious about whether their children can survive on what's left. In addition, despite knowing that they should rejoice at their child's independence and maturity, parents can find it very painful to see clothes, toys and mementos from the past on the rubber sheep, especially if they are the things they gave to the child. Keeping your garbage out of sight is considerate. It also protects your family from acquiring more than they need or can enjoy. Up to this point, your family was perfectly content with what they had. When they see what you have chosen to discard, they may feel guilty at such blatant waste, but the items they retrieve from your pile just increase the burden of unnecessary items in their home. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Good example. I um, It just reminded me when I was... So uh, when we were teens, I'm sure you remember like the craze of like LimeWire and like downloading music illegally yeah. for the first time. And I kind of oh, got sucked into okay. that. And yeah. um, <laughs> do you remember we would go to the library and like rent out CDs and then burn them off and copy them and stuff. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so anyway, I landed <laughs> up with a whole like shelf load of, of knockoff CDs and uh, it came to a point in my life. I'm like, you know, when stuff was digital anyway and now and it's like, oh, that's they look ugly. I, I'm going to get rid of them. So I was, I don't know, it's probably my late teens by this point. And I start like going through them and like chucking them out and suddenly like. I find them piled up in my room again the next day and someone had like been through my <laughs> clutter and like saw all these CDs and obviously like taken them out because they thought they would be of value. And then I found them like on my dad's CD shelf and it's like, oh, I, I hate that. <laughs> They're so oh, ugly. Oh, just no. let, let me get rid of them. <laughs> so, let them go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I read this, it just resonated with me. <laughs> I think um, it's just worth worth saying like that she, she points out that like a lot of people aren't taught how to tidy. Like we're not, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not good at this. Like yeah. a lot of people don't know how to do it. And obviously you would, maybe take influences from your parents or you would, um, you know, uh, sorry, one second, I'm just going to plug. 
Like, and no, take, I really um, like this point you're making. Like, yeah, um, influences it's one of the first things it says, right? That that yeah, yeah. we don't. It can just sound straight. Like you might buy a book on you know how to garden or how to do DIY, but to buy a book on tidying people sort of think, well, shouldn't you know, people know how to tidy, don't they? And like, no, people don't know how to tidy. It's, it's uh, evident. Uh, sorry, I, I jumped in because it looked like you were moving, no. but please carry on. Oh, that's okay. No, no, that, that, that was pretty much it. I was just checking my um, charge room. But um, yeah, but basically like we, people don't really know how to do it and they've never been shown. Mm. And it's just kind of amazing. Like I'm surprised how long it can take for some people, you know, like I suppose I've naturally had to be quite minimalist because of, yeah, the, living abroad circumstances as circumstances but certainly like having been in this apartment for like a year and a half like getting rid of the amount of stuff i did today is quite remarkable and you know, i know there's mm. people i live with or people's um i've lived with or people whose house i've been to they just got so much stuff and i'm just curious how much they need it um mm. i'd be i'd be interested to kind of um dive in a little bit um but i suppose i just want to start by like what what um what part of you know, having read the book, are there yeah. parts of this process that you believe that you've kind of done before? Because I remember like a few years ago, you went through a bit of a minimalist phase. You did a podcast with Donnie talking about minimalism. Uh, I guess. Yeah, um, what, I think. Yeah, so, what, so for me, um, but it's it's more like I've I've gone through the logic of this process and I've detached from stuff without looking so I felt the after effects of the emotion, like the emotional high of doing it. But I think, um, yeah, let me put it this way. I don't know how you are with goodbyes, right? But but if I'm going on a long goodbye, I, I get uncomfortable and I just want to cut it off and leave and get out. <laughs> so it's like I can uh -huh. relieve that tension. And I think I've had that attitude with stuff that it's like, if I'm struggling with an item, it's like, oh, I just stop thinking about it and just throw it away. Like just get rid of it. And then you don't have to think about it. And I've taken that attitude and that's really helped me to clear stuff. Um, but I think that perhaps has, uh, sort of devalued or missed the, some of the processing, um, so where she says, you know, pick up something and really decide, does this spark joy and like, listen to whether you're holding onto it because of some, um, unprocessed thing from the past or, or some like existential desire to cling to the future. And I, I think what, although I've been through perhaps the practical methodical steps of what she's teaching, I haven't taken the emotional processing steps of 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 mm. how she does it so um i would say yeah that's that's the difference between this method and what i've done to get rid of stuff in the past mm. Mm. yeah because I, I do remember you yeah mentioning you'd kind of cut a lot of your stuff and you keep mm. things quite quite simple and um i know, oh, I know I was, for me like oh no but if, if you've got something to finish you yeah. just you, you just reminded me that there's <laughs> uh and and again, this would take a whole other book, so I don't mind she didn't go into it, but there are ways around clinging to things as well. So for example, I would scan paperwork and store it digitally, or you put music on your um, mm. computer, or you can get books on my Kindle. And then I feel less bad about, because at one point I got rid of every physical book. Uh, I brought a few back in now because I quite like the touch of the page and things like that. But um there are ways which you can avoid 
some of the processing by storing things digitally. You can keep it on the cloud and your, your room might look immaculate, but actually your head, your psyche and your digital home is can still be a mess. And um, mm. she didn't go into this at all, but I, I'd be very interested into like the effects of that and actually getting rid of some things digitally, I think would be quite difficult because that would be the final, like I'm committing to getting rid of this. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, I did a process during the last um, lockdown of like sorting out all my photos onto my yeah. hard drives and they're kind of, they're all in different sections of what trip it was, but there's certainly ones on there that like, I don't know, it might be like a hundred blurry ones out of a thousand or something. Yeah. I don't know, and it was kind of like, oh, I'll sort them later. But I'm yeah. wondering like to go through absolutely everything, like with a fine toothpick, toothcomb, toothcomb. <laughs> tooth yeah. Um, like to go through that, yeah, just get rid of absolutely like everything you don't need on like mm. every device you have. Um, mm. I'm sure that kind of takes us into like the digital realm that maybe she doesn't quite cover in her order. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to kind of, um, I know we try and keep this a bit, a bit more free flowing and not kind of going in too much of an order, but I feel like I've got something to say about every category. Go for it. Yeah, so yeah. I'd love to um, just start with like clothes. Um, I know you started those today um we'd love to hear a bit about like how the process went for you and then i can maybe share some of mine mm. as well. so i um like so I, I have relatively few clothes anyway because i've gone through this like i said this physical process before yeah. so you know quite a, but i so what i did do i did go through it and i've i've got a bag of stuff to throw out like a Christmas jumper, which really is too small. So although I have been wearing it in Christmases, it doesn't really fit. So I just commit to get rid of that. A few socks where, you know, they're getting a bit threadbare. Um, uh, a shirt that I've like not really worn for a long time. So I'm, I'm getting rid of a handful of things. But for me, the discarding process, I've kind of done. But mm. what I did do, um, I had lots of my um, T-shirts and trousers on hangers. And um, she recommends folding all, um, all the clothes that can be folded and that aren't kind of designed to be hung, perhaps like shirts and suits and some dresses, the people who own dresses. Um, and I gave that a go because I thought, well, I'm reading the book. I may as well see what this is like. Because in a sense, send hanging, me a nice photo. I did. Hanging <laughs> yeah, a well, t-shirt can be, have you got it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just looking at it as you talk. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just enjoying that. Yeah. I might, I'll, I'll put one on the, uh, on the podcast for you. Um, so, um, yeah. And cause she says about handling, like each time you wash and dry your clothes to, to like handle them and to fold them is to handle them. And you, you sort of reconnect with your possession, this thing that you've chosen to have in your life, this thing that protects you, that you, you might like for a, it's aesthetic value and, and it gives you a chance to appreciate it. So there's all that sort of um, mm. psychology in there. Tactile. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is something about it. Like I opened that drawer, the one I sent you a picture of, and I just really like the way it looks. It's like everything's stacked up vertically. So um, I can see everything I own, you, you know. So she says in department stores and clothes shops, she would they would perhaps have their t-shirts, the things for sale in piles going upwards because they're identical and they just kept peeled off and sold. Right. But when each thing is different and you own it, you want to see everything you have. So you don't want a pile of t-shirts going upwards because you'll never use the ones at the bottom. They'll get all like 
dusty and start to smell and stuff. So yeah, to, to stack things in rectangles vertically, nicely folded. Yeah. There's something about that I've nice. really enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> something um, in my process, I found a little difficult to get rid of. Yeah. Um, to start, obviously, yeah, stuff that's just fraying and just dirty or like ripped or yeah. crap, like not too bad shoes. I don't use whatever. But it was more, it was more items of clothing that I'd gotten that kind of I felt were attached to a particular time. Like I used to have this job being like a youth worker um, that I would have obviously told you about. And like I had like these t-shirts from there that were like crew. Like I, I was like my work t-shirts that I'd wear or like a hoodie that I got given or, you know, like the logo of the workplace or the um, multicultural youth workplace I worked at as well. There was like these football t-shirts we wore when I did a big training day. And there was like all these kids there and like each one had memories associated to it but I don't, I simply do not use them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I kind of got rid of them, but there was a process there going like, that was like, it took me back to that time. And I was like, that mm. was a, that was a great job to have. And I felt part of this crew and I felt part of this workplace. Yeah. I was connected to these, these young people and doing like meaningful work and that sort of thing. It was a, uh, I found that quite hard. It became sentimental quite quickly without, um, yeah. without necessarily needing it. And then there's also like a whole heap of football shirts. Like I used to just love collecting football shirts. I'd yeah. have like the AKA Athens third kit from Sports <laughs> Direct for four quid or like the Sunderland Awake, like just random shirts. And I guess kind of, I, I found it easy to throw out just like the random crappy ones. But then I also, I kept a few. There was like a, like a small amount of clothing that I kept that like I don't wear very often, mm. but because they had such a, like a meaning attached to them or I really mm. liked them. I've got like that, like the England 1998 shirt that you got me for my 18th oh, birthday yeah. that I wear like when England play in world cups. Yeah. And that's like once every four years and <laughs> its utility isn't like typically that high. Because yeah. we wear it for like four group games, then get knocked out of the quarters <laughs> by Portugal. But like, we're, we're like it's uh, like there's something about, and there was other items similar to that that yeah. have like a lot of that. And I, I will kind of use when the time's right. Like if ever I yeah. do join like a football club again, like I never I, wear this, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept that. Yeah, but I was like, that. I can't bring myself <laughs> to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those hats we bought together. Um, normally, normally in the background of our photos, but I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, there was things like that that I kept. So I have a like a small box of clothes that are kind of a uh, yeah, utility is low but meaning is high, and I felt quite happy keeping yeah. them. I'm like, and yeah, it's like I when like, you yeah. um, perhaps have a small okay. selection of sentimental items, and each time you go through the tidying process, you, you touch them, you look at them, they, they you you process what they mean to you like that that's the value by the sounds of it that you get. It's when you saw like 20 boxes of sentimental stuff that you never open. That I think yeah, uh, is like, well, that, that's not healthy. It's not good. Like you're leaving stuff unprocessed through that, through that. Um, yeah, exactly. And you know, the example of that hat you just got out, um, yeah. you know, that we bought that, that game in Spain together on that yeah. trip. Like that's gone into kind of like a box of like really nice sentimental things I've collected. I suppose yeah. we'll kind of get on to like miscellaneous a bit later, but um, th that was really it for me in clothes. Um, and I, it's really nice just to kind of like look at my wardrobe and just see I've got like a nice 
selection of clothes that I just like really like to wear and I yeah, feel yeah. confident wearing. And I kind of, she talks about like getting rid of like lounge wear, just like random ass t-shirts that you don't really wear or you only wear them yeah, when you're so slashed in front of the TV. Can, or, can I just uh, jump on that? I think she was yeah. saying like, don't, don't demote clothing to loungewear. Like if you're going to have loungewear, have nice loungewear you like, but don't like be like, I don't really like this t-shirt anymore. I'll just have it as loungewear. Like <laughs> I, I, yeah. I won't wear it outside. She's like, don't wear stuff you don't like or that's frayed or that doesn't really fit. Um, and just demote it to the house. Cause you know, you spend a lot of time in your house. It's still important. Yeah. I, I guess it made me realize like what I do, like I like, I would like to buy some nice new socks. Like, nice to, you know, kind of, you know, with, with work now, I have to wear like a lot of shirts and stuff. So I'm mm. kind of going through and going, okay, what shirts do I want to wear at work? Like, I like to feel confident and dress well at work. So, which ones do I actually want to keep? Which ones do I wear? Yeah. And am I going to look after? Um, yeah. So, that, that was kind of the main takeaway for me on clothes. Yeah. Um, so, like, this yeah. stuff that's kind of frayed that, that was easy to get rid of. And then things that perhaps it sounds like you were some people would find it very difficult things if they spent money on them and hard to get rid of. It sounds like you were okay detaching from that um, when you weren't wearing Yeah, th There's nothing, as I say, that financially was too much. To, um, yeah. Chuck in the bag. Um, how did you um, find books, doing books? Yeah, that was the next thing I did. That's the next thing the order she yeah. said to do. Yeah. So um, that's one that kind of comes under this category of, of one I did, I've done in the past, like before reading this book where I sort of, um, uh, yeah, I still don't know where I stand on books. So sometimes I'll, um, definitely if it's some, something I just want to get through as quick as possible, I'll get the, I'll try and find a way of making the ebook a PDF and just have my Mac read it to me at the fastest speed and like blaze through it. Um, so like, and whereas there are some books where I don't, I'm just, I'm reading them for the pleasure of the book. So I don't want to necessarily read as fast as I can. And then I like to mm. have a physical copy and flick through it mm. and maybe stick, um, if it's a sort of reference guide or a um, nonfiction book to sort of stick um, post-its in it and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And books are quite like aesthetically pleasing to look at sometimes yeah. as well. They've got like a, yeah, an aesthetic nature to them. So it's definitely one where I've, I've hoarded them digitally <laughs> and then um, perhaps gotten rid of them physically a bit easier because I've had that option. Um, but yeah, so I'm just looking at a selection of books here I have on like psychotherapy, which I keep near my desk. And then perhaps that's something that she doesn't recommend. Then I have my other books like downstairs on the downstairs bookshelf. So I have them in like different places as well. Um, so it's hard to really get a full view of what I own. Um, but yeah, like for example, the books that are downstairs, I haven't, uh, I haven't opened any of them since I've moved into this house, which has been coming up to six months, probably didn't read them many months before that in the previous place. So that's something that, um, yeah, I, I, I think I'll use this process for and really question why I have these books. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, uh, there's definitely some, I'm like, I'm just not going to read that again. That's yeah. just not happening. So there was a lot of them that were quite easy. There was a few like fringe ones that I thought are oh, maybe, maybe not. But then like, I basically just got a collection of books that I really, really like. And that like, I, I would go back to and I would happily read again at some point. And I'm happy with like the aesthetic mm. and then being there 
and also the fact that I've got like a massive bookshelf. So it's kind of like, I don't, I'm not stuck for space, but also I, I probably cut my books like 60%. I probably got rid of Did you like this yeah. last day? Yeah. But that said, I'd, I'd probably only earn, owned like say 50 books and I've gotten rid of like, I mean, like 30 of them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. M- maybe, maybe a bit less than that, but I had 40 and I got rid of 25 or something. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, something like that anyway. Um, and it sound, from the way you just said that, it sounded like it was relatively easy for you to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's none There's none I put in my donate box that I feel like brought so much value that I can't let go of it. Like everything I'm keeping brought me so much value. Everything I'm letting go of has added to my life, but it doesn't need to be there anymore. So there are some things, what about books? So I think ones I would find difficult when I think about the ones I have downstairs are ones I've not read, which I sort of bought intending to read. But when I think about it, they they no longer hold that same spark they had when I chose to get yeah. them off the shelf. So I'm probably not. There getting. was a few. There, there, there was a few in there that I kind of bought and didn't get around to, and I just yeah. kind of, I just got rid of them. Yeah, and there and also the fact that like they weren't on our list of books to cover on this podcast. I'm like, <laughs> they're not on, if they're not on that list, we're probably not going to cover it for another year. Yeah, yeah, you know, unless it like reemerges and I'll just buy it again or get it on PDF, right? Whatever. But um, yeah, something just kind of adding to books is like my handwritten diaries. Mm. Um, and I, I guess I've been keeping like a handwritten diary for like like years, just absolute years, like probably like seven years or something. Yeah, and I basically just like got a nice box and I just put all them in there because I really like kind of going back into them and reading them randomly. Yeah and kind of looking at learnings and there was like, um, I guess in that same box, I know it's kind of moving on a bit in that same box is like letters and cards that I find quite like inspirational and kind yeah. of remind me about like who I am, where I'm from, what I'm connected to is like letters you wrote to me on like my 24th birthday ones from mum and dad. When I got a new job, like leaving cards from work colleagues that kind of tell me about, you know, what I brought to them or maybe, reflect back to me what sort of person I was in that environment like mm. going through that today and reading through those diaries like that really it's like encouraging it's like motivating to read that it wasn't just mm. kind of like random ass birthday cards that like happy birthday all the best just like yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. like every single one I read meant something and kind of uh, spurred me on inspired me so I quite yeah. like the thought of having like a box of like stuff that's kind of is entirely me whether that's just like my handwritten notes my handwritten reflections or things that other people have said to me about me yeah i quite, I quite like that and it doesn't seem to feel it doesn't feel like clutter at all no no i have a very so similar like section on my shelf of like yeah like you say old handwritten diaries that's um got them in sort of like yeah date order and yeah to flick through them is i, I yeah i would never want to get rid of them and they they serve the sort of function of flicking back on who I was in that moment. Like, yeah. I was like, that. yeah, I was in like, I was in pieces reading them today. Mm. It was really beautiful. It was really, really nice. Like, yeah, just things you kind of, uh, weird, like the things people see in you that you kind of don't realize are kind of like everlasting. Like mm. you're still that, you're still that way now. Like you're still that same person, you know, they kind of, even though you can forget it, like the way other people see you, they kind of mm. tell you things that you kind of forget about yourself. You're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I am actually like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and 
then obviously in there's like you know letters from um i guess like deceased relatives and that sort of thing that yeah, are just yeah. like way too hard to let go of like uh, yeah. maybe maybe one day that's something i'll preach but there's things where you're just like I, there's no no chance that's going to be yeah whatsoever yeah, yeah. yeah. and i think so, yeah, yeah there's, there's no like we mentioned earlier it's not like having less stuff is inherently better it's it's that what you there's something about what you do choose to keep you're choosing deliberately because it brings you value and joy um and i think that can be so 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 long as it's doing that there's yeah it, it minimalism can turn to this game of like wanting to get rid of more and more stuff yeah, this was, yeah, yeah, definitely someone I want to talk to you about. Like, in the final, like, on just the final page, my notes, yeah. I kind of wrote, like, tidying versus minimalism. Mm. Like, there's a sort of, like, get everything you own and chuck it, be able to fit it in a suitcase. And it's yeah. like, well, it's not, yeah, she says this, like, towards the end, like, trust your intuition, like, something yeah. will click, do what's right for you. Like, you'll yeah. know what feels right and what's okay yeah. to give and yeah, let go. And yeah. that's why this method really, really works, because, like, I'm not in a position going like, oh, I need to, why am I keeping all these handwritten diaries if I'm only ever, I'm barely ever going to read them or like, yeah. whatever, you know, I'm making the decision that's best for me. And I'm like, there's just like in like internally, there's no way I'm getting rid of those things. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely fine Yeah, yeah. because it serves this reason and it sparks this emotion in me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's very okay. different I, to like, yeah. um, say struggling to get rid of something that you don't like you've never really used but someone once gave it to you as a gift and you feel guilty for giving it to charity like the yeah there's again it's like like, like you say it's about intuition it's about listening to like what what is it that wants me to keep this and there is i yeah it's, you learn about yourself in that process because you learn what's a healthy um joy in their possession mm. and what's mm. like what sort of a an unhealthy attachment <laughs> to yeah totally. um, and things that you actually feel better for saying goodbye to because you're you're holding on to them for reasons like yeah like guilt or um well guilt's a big one yeah or shame if per- yeah or if if the person found out that you'd thrown it away or something mm. or you know yeah 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 it kind of just makes me think like how annoying just shit gifts are like i went through uh i went through some stuff today and uh i can't give the details for just in case but i got this gift and uh i was like i just really don't want that and the receipts inside of it so i'm like oh nice i'm just gonna go get a refund on that (laughs) yeah good yeah 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 well she she goes into it like yeah um, yeah. it's kind of like (laughs) if you're not going to use it, it's now served its function. Its function was for someone to say like, you mean something to me and and here's a symbol of that. And mm. you know, thank you for meaning something to me in this moment for whatever reason I'm giving you this gift. And then you unwrap it and there's perhaps the joy and the excitement of that. And, and then if, if that's it, if that's its function, then it's done. It's, it's served its life for you. Done, it's okay yeah. to move on. Um, you know, perhaps it, more ideally, it's something that, also sparks joy in you and you'd keep longer but if not it's Mm. there's no reason why you should feel more guilty for getting rid of it than keeping it and never using it yeah totally and it's kind of like she says like 
your friends wouldn't want you keeping something out of guilt. But, <laughs> well, yeah, good friends like, wouldn't. <laughs> oh, good, yeah, yeah, you know. And it's, um, yeah, I think it goes for like other areas of life. You know, when you were saying that, I was thinking about like, what about like friends in your life or people? It's like sometimes people just come. She says that in the book. Like, yeah, sometimes people just come into your life and they they were there for that period of time. They served that purpose. You learned that lesson. You got that, you know, inspiration from them. Or you, yeah, yeah they brought something out of you and you know then it's kind of time for things to move on and change and it's kind of like an overall attitude that you can hold to everything and i love that in the last chapter of the book where she talks about how you learn you know through tidying through actually putting your house in order you go through hundreds perhaps thousands of um moments of practice of listening to yourself like does this spark joy in me and um and then decision making, and it, it, it's yes, you're you're learning who you are, and you're learning to sort of be assertive and and make things happen and be proactive, and those are skills that then go far beyond tidying. Like like you say, it might come with like why am I am I just sort of uh, anyway the wind blows, so sort of blowing all around in these relationships, or do I to actually want them? Like have they sort of the purpose and Mm. um yes i mean i think you text me because it's quite quite funny in one of her like client comments which is like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like I finally i put my house in order and i finally put, plucked up the courage to leave my husband and so i got a divorce yeah. <laughs> or something like that and it's like, I, I think the, the wording is it's even more brutal than that yeah. it was hilarious it's like um having done marie kondo's method i decided what i wanted in my life and what i didn't want so I got a divorce and I've never been happier. <laughs> Absolutely crap. Yeah. But I think what you're referring to is like, she said, like it builds your decision-making confidence, you yeah. know, like, and you, you can have confidence that like the choices you're making are what's best for you. And you have, you um, have confidence in your environment. You can mm. trust your environment that you're going to make decisions that are best for you. And you're not going to kind of accept things in your life that aren't good for you or you're not going to hold on to things for too long that serve mm. no purpose or are detrimental to you. And it's kind of, yeah, it does all sound a bit existential and a bit kind of a uh, deep for a, a tidying book. And yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like kind of that, um, that notion that like, Oh, she's gone a bit deep there, but it's more like th this stuff's important. Like, and I think Jordan Peterson in the last um, well, book a couple of times ago would like, be deadly serious with this like i've seen him in an interview just fall like stare someone down and be like tidy your room first before you like, <laughs> try and change anything like i bet he's like i bet there's changes you could make in your life that, mm. um that can make your space in the world a little bit better and it's uh it's I, I think this stuff is uh as much as she's this like absolutely like adorable smiling lovely lady who's kind of yeah. doing tidying like yeah. this is this is serious. This is important. This matters. Yeah. Like, I really think yeah, that your yeah. possessions are an extension of who you are. Like you've chosen to mm. keep them for some reason, even if you've chosen by like proxy, by just allowing them, you know, she talks about older sisters that just shove their clothes onto younger sisters and they sort of passively accept yeah. them. Like, yeah. however you've accumulated your stuff, you, you've chosen for those things to be in your life. And like, they're, mm. they're sort of a symbolic representation of who you are. And if mm. you're living, if your house or your, your space is in a way that you don't like, then what does that say about your sort of self-respect, your self-compassion? Um, 
responsibility. Yeah. Can, can I read that one on responsibility? I've got the quote up here. Please. Yeah, um, love it. I'll just share my screen again. So, uh, because they have continued to identify and dispense with things they don't need, my clients no longer abdicate responsibility for decision-making to other people. They now make their own decisions and are aware that considering what action to take in any situation is what really matters. Selecting and discarding one's possessions is a continuous process of making decisions based on one's own values. Discarding hones one's decision-making skills. Isn't it a waste to squander the opportunity to develop this capacity by saving things? I like the, um, yeah, I think, I think that sums up really nicely kind of what we were talking about. Like it, mm. it, it kind of expands to wider areas. I think um, it, um, in the two paragraphs below that as well, I was, um, mm-hmm. is that I just kind of glanced at it quickly. It reminded me of a part of the book that I really liked. I wanted yeah. to just get that up quickly. Um, yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah. I, um, so after tidying, many clients tell me that their worldly desires have decreased. Whereas mm-hmm. in the past, no matter how many clothes they had, they were never satisfied and always wanted something new to wear. Once they selected, only kept the things that they really loved. They felt that they had everything they needed. Mm. So I think it, it expands to kind of our, um, yeah, like our desires, our wants, our, our needs, like it really sorts out, like, what do we want? Like what's, and it's going to like make me think like when I go and buy things, like yeah. how, how much utility is there going to be in this? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested um, just to talk maybe a bit about um, just like miscellaneous and mementos. I'm not feeling like I kind of need to talk too much about like paperwork. I feel like we've kind of yeah. covered a fair bit of that in previous podcasts. Um, but is there anything from kind of like mementos and, um, random things around the house that you've kind of found. (laughs) So so one that's a bit, one that's silly, but it's kind of shines a light on perhaps my personality is because she, she specifically referenced this. So, um, um, I've ended up keeping. So when I've bought like electrical items, particularly like, you know, if, if there were quite a bit of money, um, I've got like kept the boxes that they were in so that, well, I guess for twofold. One, that if I move, it's just an easy thing to put them in. And also, if yeah. I wanted to resell them, like, again, I've got a, I've got a box to put them in and it maintains a value. And also, I don't have to go around looking for another thing to package them in. And she says, get rid of all that stuff. It's like, yeah, if I did gonna, that today. If yeah. you're going to own your stuff, then own it. Like, commit to owning your possessions, not by like, like holding on to things with the intent of potentially getting rid of them again, either own them or don't. And, um, yeah, nice. I did that today. I threw away like my, um, my like scales, uh, so bathroom scales, food scales, like in a box for an alarm clock, like a steamer. Like I got rid of it all. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So So, I, I mean, I haven't gone through that process. So they're still like, neatly pressed under my mattress since reading that sleep book and when i moved house i just didn't buy a bed because i thought it was a superfluous item so i i'm sleeping (laughs) i'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor and i use that like under my mattress is like those flattened boxes of various electrical items (laughs) so i might go uh yeah it's difficult it's still difficult for me because i still sort of intend to move from this house 
you know, within the next year. So it's like, I know I'm going to at some point be packing some of the stuff away and it would be useful just to have nice cubic things to store them in um, for when I do that. But yeah, oh, I don't know what to do about that one. <laughs> We'll see. I think um, you, you just reminded me kind of like going through this process. Today. So I'm moving house in oh, it's like three months or so. Yeah. Um, it's still a while off. I don't know why I'm anticipating it so much, but um, uh, yeah, but um, basically like I know there's a part of me that knows that I, I'm not going to feel fully settled or complete this process until I move from where I am now mm. to where I'm going. So there's obviously like for anyone listening, like it's, it's a perfect time. Like when you're moving house is the best time to kind of do this because you're mm. kind of like one, you just make it easier for yourself when you move, but also you kind of can set up your new environment with, yeah, you know, knowing that everything in this new environment is purposeful. So I imagine there's might be a few other things to cut, um, uh, like b- before I go, but I, I think it's, uh, what inspired me was the thought that like everything I'm going to take with me is going to go like into this new place this new environment mm. my new room new space that's, that's quite exciting and um i was getting my housemate today we're kind of on like facetime i was like oh can you show me the size of the cupboard and yeah where, where can i put the bookshelf and you know i was kind of like really visualizing and she talks about that as well like visualizing the space you want so like before i did it i made sure i was looking at the photos she sent me of the room the space i'm going into and like i pictured like how i want my room to look and like yeah. where the bookshelf's going to go and how it's going to be and like how I want even the wall to be decorated or like where I want to put my desk and how I'm going to organize mm-hmm. my clothes within the wardrobe. Like that was really good thing to do. Like, yeah, look at those photos. Cause I can really picture mm. and it created a bit more intent about like maybe the amount of things I wanted. Although as you yeah, said, it's yeah, not yeah. about the amount. Yeah, no, but that, I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause I, I meant to do that. Um, I meant to bring this up the, the way she asks you to visualize the environment you want, like really picture it and then ask yourself, why do you want it that way? And like unpick your values underneath that. Mm. And like you say, it's not about having fewer things, but in your image of your perf, your environment in its perfect state, how many things are in there, you know, and it's not about getting rid of things for the sake of it. It's, It's about getting rid of them because that's actually how you want them. When you listen to yourself and how you actually want to picture your perfect environment, you know, there's a reason why hotel rooms and, rentals and holiday homes aren't just filled with crap because people don't like that <laughs> when people is going to pay for something they want it to be neat and tidy you know so generally yeah. that's what we want so it make it that way <laughs> respect yourself and do it <laughs> yeah yeah i um I have, i've got like a little box of mementos yeah that i thought was quite nice like even just using like shoe boxes and smaller boxes kind of condenses things in a way you don't realize like yeah i like the thought of having like and so I've got like the box of diaries and nice cars. I've got like a box of like stuff that like means something to me. Like yeah. it's kind of nice to like look in. It's kind of got like that hat that, you know, we both bought or um, like the drumstick I caught at Glastonbury Festival when I was with you. And, you know, like a the guitar pick of a, a guitarist from a band I like and, you know, t- tickets to like finals I've been to or gigs I've been to, like stuff that I look at and I'm like, that was a good time. I enjoyed that. That was great. Mm, and it's yeah. kind of nice to hold on to that. Um, it's like, yeah, I think the, that. the value in condensing that, it sounds, you know, if that was across 20 big boxes, you'd probably never look at it, right? But having a shoebox or two, you're more likely to enjoy those items and get those memories and feelings that you're talking mm. about. And um, 
I guess kind of uh, one final thing I wanted to speak about was like she says, you know, some, you know, save one space to be kind of like a shrine for yourself. Uh, And I suppose like I've always typically used that and I'm quite happy to continue to do that. Like the top of my bookshelf is just kind of like quite a nice size just to like line up a heap of like really nice stuff. And it's normally like at eye level. So kind of if I'm getting ready in the morning or I'm kind of whatever, it's nice, you know, just kind of, yeah, put it like, might hang my medals off the side of it or I'll put up like the hat or the drumsticks and like other various nice things yeah. I've kind of collected along the way that mean something or, you know, pictures and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of, I think it's nice. She kind of mentioned like, it's okay to have like a space where it's like, here's where I put like my nice things. And I suppose like how you decorate your room is up to you, but I feel, I like my room to kind of be surrounded by things that kind of remind me of other places almost Mm. because that's all contributed to like who who I am. So having a picture of like the street I grew up on and then like a picture of me and you on the wall and then, you know, kind of like various trinkets just hanging around or stuck on the side of the book. Like it's nice. It's it's just a nice thing to do. And I think that's like how I like to set up my room. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of, uh, yeah, that I, especially my especially my bedroom like that's the place that's kind of like that's me mm. and i am me because of all the places i've been people i've seen the things i've done mm. and i guess you sometimes collect things along the way that resemble that mm, you, i really you know, like you that need like yeah you only need like one thing from each place or one thing from yeah one time of your life you don't need kind of like 20 different pictures of the same thing on the wall yeah yeah yeah, no, that's something I would actually like to, like, I, I kind of have that, like, I've got a sort of, yeah, without having really thought about it, a sort of area that's shrine-like where, where there's a, I think there's a photo and that mug you got me for my 18th birthday with pictures on it. And yeah. like, um, yeah, a, a present from my gran and and present from another friend. But I haven't really thought this through, but they just happen to have gathered over there. And, and actually, now you're talking about that, there's probably one or two more things I'd like to have up there. It's just like little reminders and sentimental things. Because, yeah, if you're going to keep them, you may as well um, enjoy them. I, I would like to see that. I'd really <laughs> like to see what you, what you collect. I feel like I've always been a, a collector of those sorts of things. And mm. It's kind of come quite easily for me to stick things up on the wall. Even like the um, Lost on Campus album cover. Hey, yeah. that I've kept for years. I've like, I pin that up everywhere I go <laughs> on my wall. Right, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Wow. Oh, well, that's been uh, really, really lovely. I've yeah. really, really enjoyed talking about this. It's, it's um, energetic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel quite, especially having like done it this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, it just, I just got into it. I'm like, this is perfect. And I've watched like five episodes of her show, <laughs> read, read the book over last week. I've, yeah. Gone full it's condo it's a bit week. different yeah. for us. Like, uh, for it example, is, th- there's no references in it. There's actually, there's, there's like almost no, there's no science behind it uh, in terms of like no studies. Like this is just her process and what she's been through her, like, you know, quite a, quite a bit of autobiographical stuff in the book, right. Yeah. Of her life and schooling and home life growing up. So it's it's very um yeah, it's not like well the scientific studies say this, so aim for that. It's like no, like listen to your gut and give this a crack and it's like all right. <laughs> it's really um, digestible and it's, yeah. it's I, I feel like 
I, I felt a lot like low pressure talking about this today. Like mm. I could, I could really just talk from like experience and what it sparked inside of me as opposed to kind of like trying to quote other people's studies or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's not the, the book. Um, the method she, she suggests in terms of intuition or also comes across in the reading of the book. Like it has you sort of, it's an intuitive, intuitively written book, which has you reflect on yourself and not think about objective things like objective scientific studies and things, but just, yeah, here's one person's experience and well, her client's experiences as well. Mm. And think about how that resonates with your experience and yeah. see what happens when you give it a go. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed that. That was really good. Really good. And I think, um, yeah, my current space is a lot more, uh, yeah, it's very, very cleansing to be in. It's nice. nice. It's nice. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of can't wait to move into my new space to kind of set it all up. Kind of, <laughs> nice. I feel like I'm sort of a, yeah, I can't, I can't just do that final 10% until I've kind of yeah. gone, you know, Get rid of those scales boxes. Oh, they're already gone. Uh, <laughs> are you going to pack them when you move? Ah, <laughs> oh, just, I'm joking. In another, yeah. yeah, <laughs> another box. Yeah. But um, yeah, nice. Well, um, oh, I, yeah, I look forward to seeing your shrine and uh, talking mm. about other things. But um, we can maybe introduce next week's book. Yeah, which is a the, self-help uh, classic: the, the yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. <laughs> yep, yep. I read this years and years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, ago. it was the first. Well. They had a, uh, he had, he had a, what do you call it? A spin-off book called the seven habits of highly effective teenagers. And I read that as a teenager and it was the first like self-help book I ever read because uh, my Spanish oh, really? teacher gave it to me. So, uh, oh, nice. that's yeah. It, it, this, then, then, then I late after reading that found the, the original classic and, um, so, gonna, yeah. are we going to read the 25th anniversary edition? We better hadn't we? <laughs> Oh, the, the new the intro in. We'll, we'll oh. do both. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read it both all the way through. Yeah, don't want to miss a single word. Yeah. Oh my god! All right, cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, imagine in the next uh, week or two, we'll get on to that, and then um, yeah, we're we're tracking well as always. Second month of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what right. Really well, enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Look after yourself and um. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day as well. <laughs> yeah, to you too. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Much love. Bye. Bye.